John, we're going to hit a double. We haven't had a player on twice yet. We're going to change that today with Yankee catcher Jose Trevino. Absolutely looking forward to it. Uh, my favorite Yankee, as he knows. I don't think everybody else knows that, but just a terrific guy. Jose Trevino is uh, fantastic, and he's a real student of the game, and uh, I think he appreciates our hardcore uh, baseball uh, tack uh, rather than some of the sillier shows, and uh, I'm really Really happy that he's on again. And he'll be right here with me in uh, in my studio. I'll call him. All right. I'll, I'll tell him we're sorry that he has to be in the same studio as you. But yes, we do appreciate <laughs> Jose. I'm sure we'll be talking about all the key members of the pitching staff, how the team is looking and how he's feeling after uh, surgery uh, last year. John and I will also break down as much as we can the remaining free agents. And there's still a few out there. And the Cody Bellinger signing we will play hit and error at the end. If you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. John, I think we could do a movie. I think we're trading places, right? Was that uh, Eddie yeah, Murphy? That was a good movie, York? yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, now you're in that press box area in uh, uh, Steinbrenner Field. I'm in, I want to thank the person, right? I'm in Brett Bladergrone's office. He's now let you do a show in here and he's let me do a show in here. We appreciate that. The New York Mets, the New York Yankees helping us do the show, John. And uh, like, why don't we just start with the big news of the week? which was that uh, one of the Boris four big free agents signed uh, for a lot less money than we all anticipated. It was going to be at the beginning of the offseason, three years at 80 million. He gets it's front loaded, 30 million and 30 million in each of the first two years. And he gets that chance to opt out after each of the first two years of the contract, which means if he plays as well as last year when he was 10th in the National League MVP, he'll go back out on the marketplace, I believe, at age still 28 or 29 and search for the big money. John, what do you think about it all? Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of criticism because we had all speculated, you know, maybe he wants a certain amount, close to 200 million or whatever. But I mean, he's going to be a free agent for a third time, particularly at under age 30, if he opts out this year, this following this year, or at age 30 next year. Uh, I mean, it's. I think he's in a good spot. He, I think he needed probably to go back to the Cubs. He did very well there. You know, obviously, I think he's a terrific player. I, I thought the Yankees would have made sense for him before they signed Soto, which obviously we're not going to complain about Soto. Unbelievable, and he's already off to a hot start in spring. Uh, but, you know, uh, to be frank about it, Bellinger had a couple of really bad years offensively. Now, you know, the guy's a great defender. He's versatile. He's still going to be a good player, even if he's hitting 200. But, I mean, 
He had 165, I believe, one year. So, you know, that type of player, teams wanted to give him a five- or six-year deal. They did not want to go for that seven-, eight-, nine-year deal. And this is probably a better result than that. I mean, not probably, definitely, because he's got $80 million locked in here, and he can more likely than not opt out uh, with a $30 million salary, which I think, well, how many 20 guys have a $30 million salary? He's in the top 20 or 25 guys in baseball, so... Uh, you know, I think it's a good result. It's a guy betting on himself a little bit, maybe, but better this than, let's say, a, a five-year deal for $110 million, I think. Yeah, uh, look, we don't know all the offers that were no. out there. Clearly, if he were willing to do this in, say, December, the total package would have been worth more than $80 million, uh, though the annual value, I'm sure, would have been dr- dramatically lower than where he is at now, which is about $27 million a year on the value of this. You know, I think probably the more important thing, John, is it's a really good deal for the Cubs who kind of needed him back and get him on a deal where they, you, if we would have said at the beginning of the offseason, you're going to get him back at 3 and 80, they'd say on November 1st, where do we yeah. sign this contract? So uh, whether it's good or not for Bellinger, it seems clearly excellent for the Chicago Cubs. Well, they absolutely needed to bring him back. I mean, they were going in reverse if they didn't bring him back. He he, he was uh, great for them last year, obviously, with a 306 batting average, 881 OPS. I don't care about the hard hit rate or whatever metric someone's going to throw at me. He was really good for them, and they needed to bring him back, and they took a chance that they would still be able to bring him back without making him that enormous offer, and uh, it did pay off. I frankly think that opt-out uh is quite a great tool for the players i mean we've seen guys look at what rodan got out of the opt-out right he he had a two and one opt-out he opted out if the had a great year the first year in San Francisco, opted out and turned it into 162 million dollars and uh you know he had little things on his resume even before he got to the here to the yankees so uh you know he, he's ultimately he's locked in for 150 million now at least Bellinger and I presumably if he opts out as we expect in one of these two years, he's going to do a lot better than that. So we're not taking him any collection. I, I actually think it was while there's criticism from other agents that I'm getting, I, I actually think that was a good deal. I'm not so sure how easy it's going to be with Chapman. That's a little bit more difficult off of the year that he had. And certainly Snell, while he's got, certainly got interest and I'm here in New York and they've been talking and we reported again that they did talk yesterday and not that it's likely with the Yankees because we don't think that it is likely with the Yankees. I mean, for a two-time Cy Young winner who just turned 31, uh, he's not as popular as we thought he would be. Yeah. So, you know, uh, why, why don't we pivot there to to Snell you know, you you reported it. I've heard the same thing that Nick Snell is much more than, uh, say, Montgomery or um, Chapman willing to do kind of the short term opt out high AAV situation, uh, you know, which maybe ends up looking a little like, say, Carlos Correa's contract, which I believe was about three at 105 with the ability right. to opt out each year. And Correa did and turned it into six at 200. Uh, that opt I get out that. is very powerful. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of get a feeling that's where we're heading with Snell. John, I I try to stay in touch with people like you do. Uh, You know, people should know. Few people work harder than John in the business. I'm not sure anyone does who makes makes this many phone calls. I don't think I work harder than you, but okay. (laughs) He stays in touch with so many people. And, you know, I've got to say the majority of people who I ask keep saying, come on, man, you know he's going to end up a Yankee. You know how this is going to end. 
And I'm not positive about that. I heard today the Giants again uh, from someone I trust who thinks that he could end up there. But I now believe it is going to be a short deal with a high AV and the ability that we're going to do this all over again. It's amazing, John, as we think about the Boris clients. Next year, he already has Soto, Alonzo, Burns, and Bregman, probably Bellinger again. And I think we'll probably by the end of this offseason or end of spring training be saying Snell again. Yeah, and the problem with the Yankees, and they, they, I, I think that uh, Boris has suggested to the Yankees that they're, they're going to be flexible and certainly willing to do that. And the uh, problem with the Yankees is if they do that short-term deal is, first of all, it's going to be a high AV, like you mentioned, potentially 3 at 35 a year, which gives them more tax. They're already over the threshold, so you, you pay them $35 million, let's say, then it's a $38.5 million tax on top of that. Uh, so I get it. I mean, the Yankees' revenue is enormous. It's like $800 million plus, I believe. So they can afford it, but it is painful to pay $38 million in tax and then to, you know, have the highest payroll of any team, even higher than the Dodgers at this point and the Mets. Uh, I get it. I get the hesitation. Uh, but, you know, you add Snell with Cole, uh, they're certainly at least the American League favorite. I don't want to say anyone's the National League favorite because obviously – Otani Yamamoto on the team in the West Coast, it's pretty darn good. But, I mean, no team has had, to start a season, uh, two reigning Cy Young winners. You go back-to-back, righty-lefty with Cole and Snell, uh, you've got the best pitcher in baseball on opening day, and you have, the I think, the guy with the best stuff among starters now that DeGrom is hurt uh in Snell. So I mean, you know, they look almost they look almost unbeatable. So you've got that weighing. I want unbeatable versus potentially a seventy million dollar uh investment. Uh you know, I, I get why their Yankees are hesitating and uh, I'll understand if they don't get them. But uh you know it's interesting to think about and I talked to Soto today and he's a big endorser of Snell. He played with them in San Diego uh, Cole and Judge didn't want to touch it. They're in the middle of it, and certainly they know the young guys, and they don't want to say anything that reflects on them. I'm sure they're endorsers as well, but Soto came out and said he's a great dude. That's his word. That's not my word. That's no surprise. And he's great in the clubhouse, and uh, it would be fantastic to have him on the team. Yeah, Soto has already shown the personality that he sh- could and will handle New York well. Cole had it. I feel like... Uh, just from a distance, Snell might be more in the Rodon, Burnett, Kenny Rogers bucket. So just saying two Cy Young Award winners together, I'm not positive about that it would work out great. He's clearly in the top 2% of most talented pitchers in the major leagues. I don't dispute the talent. I'm not sure that everyone should play here. Let me talk about somebody who I think should play here. I'm going to try to make a case, John, that the Mets should sign Jordan Montgomery. Because at this moment, I would argue that it works for their plan today and it works for their plan tomorrow. The Mets should, if the Mets need Manaya to have a good year, if he has a good year, it means they have four starting pitchers who will be free agents at the end of this year, everybody but Senga. So, like, I know they want to work in some young starters, got it, but they probably need another surer thing to go along with Senga going into the offseason. And so the question is two things that I can't know. I called Scott Boris today. He wouldn't answer either of these two questions. Number one, is Montgomery willing to play in New York for the Mets? I assume he would. It seems like he's okay with Boston. Maybe it's only the Yankees he doesn't really want to play with because of how things ended. 
Number two, the Bellinger number dropped. Is the number dropping for Montgomery? Because clearly the industry was trying to get him towards Eduardo Rodriguez, which I think was like five at 90. And he was trying to get towards Nola, which was what, seven at 172, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, if that starts to come together and it drops 130, where is the moment where the Mets have to say, because to your point, the Mets have the same problem the Yankees have. It's 110% tax for them on Montgomery. So if it's 20, it's, you know, figure it out. You're better with the math than me. It's uh, then 21. So it's a 41, 25, et cetera. So, but I just think the Mets have real pitching get through this season issues. And while they're not putting everything into the bucket this year, you don't want to have an embarrassing year. And I think there is a potential because they have so little optionality in their bullpen and so much volatility in their rotation, yeah. which you've already seen with Sanger out, and they need to add multiple starters going into next year. Yeah. I might jump if, like, does Montgomery ever get to 110 for five? I don't know. Probably not. And, by the way, maybe if he gets to 120 or 125, the Red Sox or the Giants jump in and beat the Mets to it. But to me, there's got to be a number as we get into the low hundreds. If this is belligering, I just made up a verb, and calming down, where I think the Mets have to think seriously about jumping in. Yeah, I mean, we know they offered $325 million for Yamamoto. He was a, certainly a special case at 25. But, I mean, Matt Montgomery is not old. He's dur- very durable. Uh, his career is on the upswing. The trend is really good. I mean, I hear the criticism that he doesn't miss bats. Who cares? He's a productive pitcher who's really good in the clutch Pitched in New York, pitched in fantastically in the postseason, particularly in the ALCS. Knocked off Houston, so I mean he's got a lot going for him. I, I, you know, I know the Mets say they're not doing anything. I, I think they're talking about it behind the scenes. I don't know. Uh, you're they're there. definitely talking about it behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. So you're there. So you, you know, and uh, I, I do think that that is a consideration, whether they admit it or not, uh, that they'll think about it. Now they have the same issue as the Yankees other than the fact that Steve Cohn has uh, more money than, you know, half the other owners put together. Uh, Can I bring up one key difference? Still, he's over the Steve Cohn threshold. So that is the issue. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I think they might, to me, Martinez still makes sense for them, right? He doesn't have a home yet. He does, and I understand I wrote that he didn't really want to go to San Francisco and came back that he made a, they, he made a counteroffer of $20 million. Sure. I mean, I'll go, to, I'll go to a place for a hundred million, right? I mean, you can make a counteroffer expecting not to be taken, but if it's over clearly over the value, uh, that, does that mean he wants to go? So I'm not sure he, he wants to go to San Francisco. Uh, in fact, I don't believe that he does. Uh, but I do think he'd go to the Mets and uh, I, I still think that, you know, Lonzo's fantastic by himself, but, have a number five hitter. I think that would be huge for them. You know, yeah, have a, a legitimate I, guy behind Alonzo. I just want to throw in one other thing about Montgomery. Just go back. A big difference to yeah. the Yankees, Snell, and the Mets uh, with Montgomery. The Mets are playing. The Yankees are playing for 2024 at the highest level. The Mets are trying to middle it, right? Be as good as possible this year without disrupting the future. Well, Montgomery, because he was a traded player last season, doesn't have the qualified offer on him. So you don't lose draft picks and you right. don't lose international money, which is a big deal for the Mets as they're trying to build. It's another somewhat attractive thing to me about Montgomery for the Mets. Again, you got to decide what the comfortable number is. And I get and I do feel like 
There's probably a number north of where the Mets are comfortable, where another organization would jump in. Because to your point, Montgomery has been durable. He's proven in a big market. He's proven in the postseason. He's left-handed. I think there's some number before we get that close to Eduardo Rodriguez where multiple teams have to say, yes, that number, 125. 120, someplace. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine it would be anywhere near Eduardo Rodriguez. I, I believe he got 80. Um, you know, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez had obvious issues, right? He didn't want to go play for the no, Dodgers. No, I'm with you, John. Yeah. I really like Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> we're talking, I'm, I'm I mean, we're talking about a guy who didn't want to join the Dodgers. And, yeah. and you know, I mean, obviously he had some family situation. I'm not going to criticize him. But I think other teams looked at that scans. They, they were not that thrilled that he left the team the year before. And, and certainly if you have personal reasons, uh, go right ahead. I get it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, not only, you know, he didn't, re, you know, he didn't have the power to reject any trade, but he went to Texas and he beat the Astros and he helped them win the World Series. I, I don't think they're in the bucket at all. I do see him in the bucket with Nola. Now, Nola's certainly got a bigger reputation. He's got a bigger track record, but Nola has not been good I mean, he's he's also great in the postseason. He's a gamer. People love him. He's terrific. But frankly, he had a four and a half ERA two out of the last three years, right? So I, I but, do see why they would think Montgomery was in that bucket with Nola. They're apparently not getting let, it, I guess. But let, Let's say I agree to agree, which right. is me, you, and Scott Boris think he's in the Nola bucket and pro- probably has a decent chance to outpitch him for the next four, five, six years, whatever. The industry has spoken at this point. He does not have the NOLA. If someone were willing to do that, he'd have that money right now. We're now, it's February 27th as we're doing this. Spring training games have begun. It's going to be tougher and tougher for Montgomery to even be ready for the beginning of this season if he signs a contract. So to me, that means the number, If unless he's going into plumbing supplies or something, he's going to play Major League Baseball this year. Even if you and I agree that he should be treated financially like NOLA, the industry has said he's not going to be. So where no, I, I get that. I just said more like Nola than I didn't get the uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's very but, good, but he's not in that but category. My he's question is where did the Nola category and not, nothing against plumbers. That's a fine occupation. Yes. But let's remember his, his wife is in medical school at Harvard. So I, I don't think that's a likely uh, scenario. Yeah, they could probably live comfortably on that and what he's made to this point. But I guess the question I'm asking, John, but and we, we'll yeah. cut up on this is, is like, what's the, like, Nola got 172. Is it 160? Is it 150? Is it 140? Is it 130? Like, in, what's the number that the industry says right. yes to him? But, you know, I just, I don't think he's, at this point, he's not flexible to go for that short deal. So whatever. Right, so I think I, it's going to be five years at something, right? At least, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's in that category where he could get longer than that. He could get six or seven years. And, uh you know, he's proven to be very durable. He's left-handed and he's great in the clutch. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm more into productivity. Maybe the teams are more into the metrics of the fastball or something that I'm not seeing. Uh, you know, uh, as you said, we could easily envision him having a better next four or five years than Nola, who's, you know, about, I, I think he might be a little older. I don't know. We don't have the thing in front of there. They're within the range of age. He's thrown a lot more innings, uh, you know, and, you know, maybe that was reflected in the fact that he did not have a great regular season. The other thing about Nola is that he does, he pitches in the seventh. He's one of like three pitchers in the majors who pitches Logan Webb, Cole, Wheeler, 
three or four pitchers who pitches into the eighth inning. So he is, a, you know, I shouldn't be knocking him for having a higher ERA. He pitched those extra innings, and that's probably what led that ERA to be higher. Nola's fantastic. I don't want anyone to get the wrong impression, but I could see looking at their records and what you would expect going forward, as you mentioned, a case could be made for Montgomery being better over the last five, next five years. Uh, you mentioned Garrett Cole, the guy who's likely to catch him the most in the 2024 season, who caught him the most in the 2022 and was on the way to doing it in 2023 before injury was Jose Trevino. And he'll join us. We'll be the battery uh, for the show. Jose Trevino next, if you stick with us on the show. Once again, John is sitting next to a guest. Uh, it was in Met Camp uh, last week with Francisco Lindor. This week, it's with the Yankee catcher, Jose Trevino. Now, I'm in Met Camp. I'm in this room, John. Uh, you're over in Yankee Camp, obviously, to be sitting with Jose. Jose, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't we, why don't we start off with, with you? Give us a progress report, how confident and comfortable you are with where you are and that you're going to be a yeah. full go when the season begins. Wrist, uh, wrist is good. Calf is good. I feel like I'm, you know, trending in the right direction. I hopefully here in the next couple of days, uh, maybe Monday. I, I don't want to give you a date and be wrong, but like hopefully in the next couple of days, I'll be out there. You know, I, I'm no scout, as you know, but I was watching Loisaga. I wouldn't want to get in the box against him. But what, what do you what do you think about the stuff of the young guys that we see? Obviously, Loisaga has been around a little while, but yeah. I don't know if you've gotten to see uh, Warren or some of the other yeah. young guys. Yeah. Uh, give us a scouting report on a couple yeah. of them. Um, I think the ones that jump out to all of us are going to be Will Warren, uh, Clayton Beater, and uh, Chase, Chase Hampton. So I think those three guys, I've gotten my eyes on all three of them. I've caught in all three of them. Uh, and they're really, really good, you know, um, exciting for our group. I think at some point they're going to help us at some point. Um, I mean, Will Will has the uh, – I caught his bullpen maybe two days ago. Ton of good stuff, ton of good pitches. Uh, Beater, same thing. Chase is getting there. Like, I, I think they're all going to be pretty good. Uh, Jose, if I could just kind of double down on that. Can you give us – because the likelihood is – they're this year's Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez. They'll be used at some point. Can you go a little deeper, like a scouting report on on what, what they throw and how good you think it is? Yeah, no, I think um, if I had to go, I mean, Will Warren, I'll give you Will Warren, you know, four-seam, two-seam, cutter, uh, great slider, uh, and a changeup. I mean, he, he's he got a lot of weapons. He's got a lot of weapons. He can throw different pitches to different hitters um he has stuff to get righties and lefties out man i think he's i think he's really good uh chase i think chase is is really good as well man chase has a good fastball good cutter uh working in a changeup, and then uh, a really good curveball you know that he's mixing in there so uh and then of course the slider it's 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 all good man and then beater uh same beater has a has a great fastball elite fastball uh with a good slider and a good curveball and uh he was working on a changeup today when i caught him and it was really good you know, a lot of people are saying that Rodon is really the most key guy. I mean, I, you don't want to put too much pressure on one guy, but that seems to be the uh, consensus. Obviously, he was not himself last year. Yeah. Can you see a difference already? Uh, what are you seeing from Rodon yeah, so far? I, I think I think people are saying, you know, you see different. You're, he's you know, what's so different? What's so different, man? I think he's, you know, he's he's out there to prove himself. You know, and I, I don't. For me, he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. You know, he but he wants to do it for himself. You know, he wants to show that. You know, he is that guy and he is uh, who we know he is, you know, and it, it's it's exciting uh, to see him. It's exciting to watch him work. 
I mean, the other the the other day we were here, man. It was it was it was good to see him out there. Good to see him work. So I'm excited for him. I think he's made a lot of adjustments. A little time, they they might seem big to him, but to us, they feel really like I I feel like if I'm watching them, they're very very minute. They're very little. Um, but I think for him, like he's he's a he's the type of guy you know go out there and and do his thing. You know, give us a, a ton of innings and give us quality starts. You know, and then with our offense, you know, we're gonna score some runs. Jose, anyone who's been around you knows you have uh, great humility. You're always giving it up to your teammates, to your pitching staff. I do want to share something that I found interesting. I was in Padre camp Uh and Kyle Higashioka. You know, we think about last year, guys who were lost to injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, obviously, with the concussion. Judge for a long time with the toe. Higashioka unprompted said to me, don't undersell Jose not being around that he has such an effect because of the homework he does every day on the pitching staff and that not having him around as almost like a pitch whisperer was a big deal for our team. It was a big loss over the time. I just wondered, like, even from a distance, could you feel that your absence was, 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 you know, I know you don't want to put yourself with judge or Rizzo, but that there was a thing because Kyle was, Again, he brought it up unprompted. When I started to say what went wrong last year, he said Jose not being around was a huge issue for us. Man. Uh, that's pretty nice of him, considering the he's the guy who got to play more. That's the best. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I think that's probably one of the best compliments I've ever gotten as from teammate to teammate. Um, Higgy's always going to have a special place with me. I, I've, I, I care so much about Higgy. Higgy's one of my favorite people in baseball. And for him to say that about me, I mean, that's – that goes a long ways. That goes beyond baseball. But I, I, I don't want to say I don't want to speak out of term here. I don't want to say that it was me the reason why. I, I don't want to say anything. I don't think it was. Um, but I, I, I feel like I, I do bring something to the table. You know, I, I feel like I can bring something to the table. Whether it's a little conversation here, a little something about this here. Maybe it's you know, hey, why don't you try this instead of this? Just little things like that. But I, I, I feel like I can bring some things to the table and. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to just play again. It's been a long, it's been a long time, and I mean, I just I I love being back there. I love working for the pitcher. I love being around the guys. I love being a New York Yankee. It's Joe mentioned homework. Uh, you're a guy who seems to enjoy homework. I don't know. Yeah. How much time do you spend a week on homework? I in- I used to not like. I used to not like homework <laughs> a lot. Believe it or not, I hope my son doesn't hear this. But I used to not like homework. But I, I think just just pouring into to the information and pouring into the guys, getting to know the guys, getting to know their strengths, getting to know their weaknesses, getting to know things that they do and don't like. Like, I think that's huge. You know, like I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that I go home and I just study all day. Like I don't like I, I'm, I'm human. I, you know, play video games, you know, talk to my family, have my family and friends. Uh, but when I feel like it's time to like get going, I, I, I just dive into the information. I'm like, how can I get this guy better? Um, and for me, like the goal for me, when I get to spring training, I want to know every single pitcher that's about to step on the mound and I want to know their strengths. I want to know their weaknesses and I want to know what they're working on and how can they get better? You know, uh, anybody who has seen you, uh, and it, again, this is a good behind the scenes thing. You look like you could go to hard knocks cause you always have the binder with you. Like as if you have a playbook and you're walking through. So, uh, take me through, you've been in the league now for several years. Is this very different? from when you first started to, is there like, has the information revolution yes. even yeah, yeah, expanded yeah. even more where yeah. you're sitting with so much more information than you were even five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, no, for sure. And I where think, does it matter, Jose, if yeah, you could detail? I think whenever I first got into the league, 
I always say I, I always just tried to memorize the information and we always had a wristband. So I would just go to the wristband. But like, as I got kind of older and I was like, man, I, there's more, there's more that I can do with this pitcher. Like there's more things that I can do, you know, throughout the game with the pitcher that I know I can. So like, instead of just trying to remember it, I tried to actually, I, I want to know it. I want to know it that way when there's a second and third, no outs, we have a righty on the mound. There's a lefty hitter in the box. There's a righty on deck. I can go to the pitcher and be like, hey, this is what we're going to do here. This is plan A. This is plan B. Let's attack this guy. Whatever we got to do, don't worry. We got this guy on deck. You know, I just want to be able to have that information to when it when it's crunch time. Like, And I go out there. I'm actually telling them something that means something, that I'm not just like, hey, I think this might. Like, no, I want to give you information that – I want you to be confident in me when I'm calling the next pitch. I want you to be like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going with it. But yeah, it's definitely changed over the years. I mean, watching, I, I, I got to watch Jeff Mathis work. Like, I mean, just looking at him and the way he went about it, reading swings, I got to get information from Bobby Wilson, uh, Brett Hayes. Like there's a lot of guys that I played with that were very, very, um, like students of the game, very, very big on being students of the game and understanding why this guy is hitting this pitch as opposed to this pitch. Why is his swing doing this? And he's hitting this pitch rather than this pitch. And then not only like overlapping that with the information that we're getting, but then putting it with the pitcher's strengths, putting it with what the pitcher can do, that kind of stuff. You just kind of like overlap it. And then I think being able to have the confidence and in, in yourself and in your teammate of going off script you going are a pitch whisperer you are like we i hear it here <laughs> i mean you your homework is crazy i think mm-hmm. cole is a guy like that too so mm-hmm. and you really were the guy with cole up until last year when ben rortford took over now when you're working with him mm-hmm. who, who does the bulk of the homework and who's telling who what to do yeah i mean garrett garrett's garrett's out there garrett does his work garrett does a lot of work um i think it's just a full team effort at that point um I think Garrett will, you know, do his thing. I'll give him my information. We'll have, you know, somebody give us information. And we kind of just go from there. You know, I, I think I think this is the beautiful part of the game that people don't see. The game planning stuff is it's 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 fun. It's, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy being a part of that. Uh I enjoy like knowing the information, knowing the hitters. You know, I I try if you if you like I tell people all the time, like if you give me a hitter. I can probably give you my scouting report on them. Like I can probably like tell you, but I, obviously I would never say it on camera. But if there was a guy that you were like, Hey, this guy, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, I feel like I have an idea, you know, that's why I just take a lot of pride in it. Knowing the information. Uh, you know, one of the players, you know, in a, in a year that didn't go great for the Yankees last mm-hmm. year, I think if we were listing triumphs, one of them would be Clark Schmidt making 30 plus starts. Yeah. Seeming sure. to get better and more yes. comfortable as a starting pitcher as the yep. season progressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, there's obviously been a lot of talk about maybe the Yankees even adding another starter with spring training. He would be the guy who would fall out. What do you think about him? Is he is he a guy ready to graduate better than just hanging on into a rotation? Schmidt has made some strides, man. I, I caught uh, I caught. I don't know how he's doing right now. I haven't seen or checked the game yet, uh, but I was able to catch his live BP um two live bps from him and man it was it was great it was really good um he sharpened up his skills you know sharpened up some things that he wanted to work on sharpened up some things that we wanted him to work on 
Um, and I mean, he's trying everything, man. I, I, I think Clark has taken amazing strides. I feel like he has a ton of weapons that he's going to be able to utilize this year. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good year, man. I mean, for him to go out there and make 30 starts, like you said, that's huge. That's huge for anybody, you know? Um, and I thought, you know, he wants the ball, man. Clark is, is impressive. Clark wants the ball. So that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing only great things about uh, Clark Schmidt, uh, and I spoke to him, quite a nice young man. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about Snell a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he's still going to pitch a lot because that's the nature of starting pitchers and all mm-hmm. pitchers. There's mm-hmm. a lot of injuries, whether they you get Snell or not. And, uh, you know, it doesn't look that likely right now. But, uh, you know, I, I asked Snell about it, and he said, you know, he's a sports fan too. He gets why fans or want the stars to come. So, and he's – fine with it he understands but what are your thoughts I mean have you seen much of Snell obviously uh you're not in the same league with him uh you know I mean you've already got Cole yeah uh, it'd be pretty good to have two Cy Young winners no, definitely definitely mm-hmm. um I mean I feel like our staff is in a good spot right now if we were to add Snell you know it'd be in a great spot but I I, I think that decision is going to be up to Snell um obviously he'd be a great addition um and from looking at him what he likes to do and what he does well and you know he's he's really good he's really really good at what he does um and it's been impressive to watch him especially last year it was really good Jose we've been obviously talking about a lot of pitching but I if somebody didn't and everyone should read my column but in case somebody didn't read my column I wrote about (laughs) Volpe a couple of days ago and I actually thought you had the best quote in that column where you talked about his rookie season and uh you know I was asking you essentially does real know what real looks like? Like mm-hmm. when you're a major leaguer, he did some things great last year. There was power, there was speed, there was defense. The average wasn't there, but it seemed to me that the whole team was like, yeah, but he's going to be a good player. Like we know what it looks like when someone's going to be good. Yep. Tell me why you told me you thought that. Why? His, um, the ambition, the drive, the focus, the intensity it's there man like he wants to be great um the humbleness the the willing to learn the willing to be open to suggestions from everybody um it's amazing man i have nothing but high praise for the kid he's he did an amazing job last year um and he's going to do great things this year too like he's a he's a he's a great baseball player um, and he's going to be a big part of our team, of why our team goes. He's going to be a big part of it. You know, Brian Cashman said last year was a disaster. I guess we can look at that positively, right? If you go 82 and 80 and that's a disaster, that's that's pretty good. Now, you're obviously not to blame for any of this if it really is a disaster. But what what do you think? I mean, the, the Orioles won 101 games, mm-hmm. and the Yankees are favored yeah. uh, over the Orioles, despite the 19-game differential. Yeah. Uh, are they getting it right? Does Las Vegas know something that we don't know? That's a, the Baltimore is a good team. Baltimore has a lot of – I got a lot of respect for that team. Um, a lot of the young guys that have, that came up, a lot of their pitchers that have came up, they've done a great job. They did a great job last year. Um, and I think I think there's going to be some good baseball played between, you know, Baltimore and New York. Just, I mean, it's just – you see their team, you see our team, man. It's going to be some some good baseball that, you know, people are going to want to keep their eye on, and I, and I think you should. It's two very good teams, two teams that – you know, our team has gotten better than it was last year. Their team is is good. So I think it's gonna be some great baseball. And it's an it's an exciting time. Like this is what you want. This is the AL the NL the AL East. Like this is the best baseball. 
Jose, look, this is the time of year where everyone likes what's in their camp. They're, it's, if you can't be optimistic at this time of year, when are you going to be optimistic? But one thing that was kind of overt when I was there was to work off of John's question, because things didn't go well last year, it seems both in body and mind, this was a team that rededicated itself in the offseason to not have that kind of slippage again. I'm wondering if you see that and you feel yeah. it on a day-to-day basis. You feel it. You feel it. You feel it. I wouldn't even say, yeah, yeah you see it, but you feel it. You feel it. Um, I can't quite explain it to you, but there's a there's an expectation of when you do your work, how you do your work, and when you get it done. Um, and I think everybody, man, everybody, I think, you know, last year, I mean, for me, even for me, I was there only half the year, but – I, I, as soon as I was able to get my stitches out, it was like, we got to get ready for 24. Like that's not happening again. Let's go. So, um, I think I, I know, I know guys did that. I know guys rededicated themselves. I know I, I wouldn't even say that guys are dedicated. Like I can't say rededicated, but guys are dedicated. Maybe guys took, you know, a, a, we took a longer look at ourselves. I'd say in the mirror and be like, okay, what do we really got to do? You know, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but that's something that I did. Hey, what do I need to do to get better? What do I need to do to, at the end of the day, win a World Series? What do I need to do? What can I do better? What can I keep doing? You know, those little things. But, I mean, it's you can feel it. You can definitely feel it. Uh, you know, this is a hardcore baseball show, and that's why I think you appreciate us. Mm-hmm. And I we appreciate the fact yeah. that you've now come on twice. Yeah. I think you're our only player to come on twice. So uh, that is fantastic. And we've talked a lot of baseball. But I should ask, as long as you're here and you've been in New York now for a couple of years, uh, how are you like New York? Yeah. And tell us something about you personally. Have you found a, a place to live? I, I, I know you're not Aaron Judge living at a mansion yeah. in yeah, Greenwich yeah. Village or whatever. You're you're still yeah. a regular person now. Oh, we, yeah. we hope that your career, yeah. you know, really, you know, if you for sure. continue along this path, you'll cease being a regular person and yeah. you'll be a, you know, a regular rich guy. But for now, you're a normal guy, right? Yeah. And you are yeah. my favorite Yankee. Yeah. I mean, if if uh, I apologize if Cole or Soto is listening, but he is my favorite there and you go. know that. Yeah. But uh, tell me about, you know, your family yeah, life and I, your life. I love, I mean, I love New York. My family loves New York. Um. I mean, this this summer is going to be fun. My my kids, my wife, they're all going to be out there. It's going to be a good summer in New York, and we're going to be ballpark's going to be rocking. I'm going to be taking the subway to the ballpark, you know, getting all the the whole New York feels. But yeah, no, I mean, I found a good couple restaurants. You know, we found a place where we where we like. Um, and I mean, it's just it's New York is New York. Like, I I I always tell people like when I go when I'm home for the off season, I can get. I can be as slow as I want. The the pace can be as slow as I want. Like I can hang out in my backyard in the hills, just looking at trees. And then when I want to go to New York, it's just fast paced. Go, 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 go. So I get the best of both worlds right now. Um, my family loves it. We love it there. Um, obviously I love being a Yankee, man. It's, this is, uh, I, I tell people all the time. I said, my, my, my dream was to be a professional baseball player. My ultimate dream was to play for the New York Yankees and win a world series. So, um, you know, we're we're here. We're here. You know, John, you make it tough because I wanted to ask one more baseball question before we uh, let Jose go. So let me see if I could combine the two things, uh, because you're working with a young catcher right now in Austin yes. Wells played late yep. last season. And again, to make the point that John has made and we've made throughout this is 
you're not a guy who's hiding stuff from him. Like nope. he talks about how much you've helped him. You know, the team d- talks about like, this is a guy who ultimately is the left-hand side of potentially a catching thing. It means he could play a lot, especially mm-hmm. if his offense plays up. So tell us, why do you do that? And how good do you think he could be, especially on the defensive side of the ball where yes. there's been some real questions about yes. it? Yes. Um, the reason why I share everything is because I had guys that helped me along the way. I never knew how to repay them. I never knew. I just say thank you. But they would always tell me, hey, you know, pay that forward, man. Like, I uh, I, I guess people, you know, there's some people in the game that are like, no, nah, I don't want to say nothing. I won't help them. You know, that kind of stuff. For me, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to hold anything back. Like, the ultimate goal is to win a World Series. How can I help Wellesley be the vet, the best version of himself? every single day that he steps on the field for the pitcher, for our team, which will ultimately get us to win more games and win more games. We get to the playoffs win the playoffs win the world series that starts before we even step on the field, the information, whatever it is, um, questions that he asks, anything like that. He knows that I'm an open book. Um, the reason why I do it is because I want to win. Um, I ultimately believe that, you leave your legacy by winning. Um, sure, people are going to remember, you know, a walk-off hit here and there. When you win a World Series, you're able to walk back into into Yankee Stadium and and have a sense of pride, and you see a banner with the year that you played on it. That I think that means the most to a lot of guys, not only myself, but a lot of guys in that clubhouse right now. And I think that's why I want to help them. Um, I want to help everybody. I want to help all the guys and anybody who asks me a question. I I have no secrets. I understand that I'm not going to be playing this game forever. I wish I can catch forever. I wish I could, but it's not going to happen. Um, when I'm done, I want to be able to say that, you know, did I help that guy? Sure. Did he take anything I said? Maybe one thing. Perfect. Um, is it ultimately going to help him? When I'm 31 and he's 25 or 26, is it going to help him get ahead of that? Yes. Perfect. He needs that. Like we need that in the game, you know, Um, and ultimately it's just to win. I want to win. He wants to win. And whatever I can do to help this team, I'm going to do it. There's no egos. I I, I don't have an ego with that. If you could ask anybody, I'll I'll help anybody. I'm I'm okay with that as long as it's going to help us win the championship. It's beautiful spirit, Jose, paying it forward. Can I just the second part of that was his defense. Is he gonna yeah. be a good defensive catcher and in the major leagues? He's been he's been he's been really good. He's been really fun to watch. Um, I haven't got to watch him play in person yet. Uh, but watching him in the bullpen, watching him doing the drill work, uh, watching him in the lives, it's been good, man. I'm 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 super I'm super pumped for him. I'm super excited to see the strides that he's gonna take. Um, because the big leagues The big leagues teaches you things like learning in the big leagues is great, but like that off season that you get your first taste in the big leagues is different. It's different. There's so many things that go through your head, you know, and, 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 and things that push you. I mean, it's, I I don't know what to compare it to, but like, once you get the taste, you're like, man, I need to, I I know I can, I know I can play here. I have the confidence to play here. How can I get better? You know, I'm going to ask you about your second. I do. That was going to be my last question, but I just thought of something. I'm going to ask you about your your 
We'll say it's your second favorite team, but I, I'm not sure that it is. The Mets, uh, you, you know Carlos Mendoza. Yeah, what, yeah, what's yeah. your scouting report? Man, Mandy, man. Uh, I actually know a couple of the minor leaguers over there, uh, and they text me right away. Like, hey, what do you got on Mendoza? I'm like, dude, he's great. Uh, he's a fearless leader, man. He's passionate. He loves his, he loves his guys. Um, and he, I have nothing but great things to say, man. I, I, I'll tell this story. Um, this is two days before the season was about to start. I just got traded here. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but I walk in the clubhouse. I have my bags on, I put my bags down and I'm like, all right, where's Booney? Like, I need to go say, you know, introduce myself to, to Booney. The first person that comes up to me is Carlos Mendoza. He shakes my hand. He goes, Carlos Mendoza, you can call me Mendy. I said, yeah, Jose Trevino. And then he points at my chest. He hits me like this. He goes, you're going to be the reason why we win so many baseball games this year. <laughs> and at that moment, I I, am not, I I'm not going to say I was, I was questioning myself. If I was going to help this team. But at that moment, it was like, I'm here for a reason. These guys believe in me. And it's, it's, it's time to start winning some games. That was just my, my favorite Mendy story, like ever. Uh, he's amazing, man. I, I was going to tell you, tell him hello for me, please. Please, because he's, he's the best. He's the best. I will. Uh, I think John and I might say you are the best, Jose. Uh, <laughs> our first two-time player on the show. We uh, really appreciate it. Get yourself healthy. Get it back on the field. And uh, we look forward to seeing you play this year. Yeah, thank you. John and I, of course, thank Jose Trevino for joining us. John, hit or error? Well, I'm going to give it to the Cubs because they held their ground and uh, they got a reasonable deal with Bellinger. I, I actually like that deal from Bellinger's perspective. He's betting on himself and getting a $30 million salary after one very good year following two not good years where he basically was not beloved in the free agent market. So I like that deal from their perspective, but the Cubs held their ground. They got their man and now they probably the favorite in the uh, NL Central. Yeah, you know, I'll give a hit. Uh, you know, I like the Cubs, the deal from the Cubs side. Obviously, I mentioned it earlier in the show. I'll give a hit. Look, if Jose Trevino on the subject of hit, uh, Jose Trevino, if uh, Juan Soto uh, didn't have a hit this spring training, I'd still think he was going to be one of the five best offensive players in the sport. But it's kind of cool, right, that he got off uh, well with the Yankees. It kind of like makes everything kind of like better around them. I'll give him a hit. Because he seems to be one of those guys, not everybody embraces the moment. Not everybody embraces everything that comes with New York and the Yankees, which I think is a distinct animal even within New York. And at least the early read is, hey, even in his walk year, he's kind of like rising to it, like is going to try to be himself. And if he's himself and judges himself, uh, the Yankees aren't going to finish in the bottom of the league and scoring again in 2024. Absolutely not. I mean, their lineup is dynamic uh, with health, you know, as long as Judge is healthy and Soto's healthy. And I mean, the rest of the players are good, solid players. They really don't have weaknesses offensively. Uh, yeah, Soto's been fantastic. In the clubhouse, you were here earlier. Uh, and on the field, I mean, he's drilling the ball all over the place. The guys were teasing him because he didn't catch one of the kind of a shoestring play, but uh you know, the guy, if the guy hits 330 with uh, 35 bombs and 120 walks, he thinks his walks are going to be down with the uh, judge, with judge behind him. Behind him. Uh, but I, I don't think he minds that. And he can hit pitches out of his own. The one uh, that uh, Trevor Richards threw was way high and he hit it out the left center and off the scoreboard. So, I mean, you know, he's a one in a million talent, probably one in a billion, really.
On the subject of one in a million talents, John, Andrew Hart's one of our producers, uh, somebody who's been invaluable to this show, a champion, somebody who helped us get on our feet when we didn't know how to do this, by the way, still helps us each week because we're Luddites and we don't know how to set up a computer to do uh, the show every week. Andrew's one of our producers. Uh, he's uh, leaving for uh, greener pastures, we both hope. Uh, John and I wish Andrew the best. Uh, he really has been invaluable to doing this show. Jake Brown, our other producer, uh, will still be with us. And we thank him, as always, uh, for everything he does. Uh, don't forget uh, the New York Post YouTube page uh, if you'd like to, uh, New York Post Sports YouTube page if you'd like to watch us, Apple, Spotify, wherever you uh, listen to a podcast, uh, subscribe, rate, review. John and I could use it for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, stick with us on the show. Uh, John, you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, I just want to jump in. I mean, Andrew Hart's just been uh, incredible to work with, really. Just, I mean, you know, we're not always on time. Uh, we're terrible with technology. Uh, you know, we got a lot of issues. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, Joel, we do. And uh, Andrew's been incredible all along the way. So I want to thank Andrew and wish him luck on his new endeavor. Uh, he wouldn't tell us uh, what he's doing. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, we're reporters and we're not able to get it out of him. So it must be pretty good. Yeah, I think it rhymes with the CIA. But anyway, we'll. No, uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, whatever he does next, he'll be great at it because he was great, great at Great hire. Whoever did uh, it, great hire. Uh, yeah. Champion of the show. Uh, stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Hill.